You're listening to Behind the Flame. Thank you, Sam. My pleasure. I appreciate that. We are coming at you live from the Falcor Defense Lair with Behind the Flame. We have in the house the one and only 221B Tactical Suresh Madhaven from New Jersey. From New Jersey. From New Jersey in the house. But first, we want to take a minute to thank... Melinda and Jason Sanju, the owners, and help us pay the bills. We want to thank Derek Mitchell over there, helping uh, make this, fuel this podcast, and Sam Cummins for production support. We got a few people in the room. We have a, a great guest. He's had the tour. He's been around. He's shot the guns. He's had the fun. So let's see what he has to say today. Uh, so Suresh, you know, you got, you got the lay of the land. You got to go into the dragon's nest. You got to see some of the stuff. Uh, how do you, um, how are you taking it all in? How, you know, you, you've, you've been, you've owned the rifle. You've yeah. been around with us. You've been to the yeah. shows. Uh, I call you a friend and, uh, you know, what are you thinking? What's going through your head? How's, uh, how's the tour been? And, uh, what's your takeaway? You know, it's kind of like, uh, years ago I had a friend who, uh, he had saved his whole life and worked really hard and he became a successful business owner and, he said one day he always wanted to get a Ferrari. And uh, I guess Ferrari has this thing where you can actually, certain people can go fly to Italy and go to the factory, get a tour, and then they could see their car come off the assembly line. And uh, he had to, uh, he got to do that, and he had that experience. So, you know, growing up as a kid shooting rifles and uh, been behind a long gun, you know, since I was seven years old, I always had aspired to, you know, one day own a, a really high-end rifle and uh, once I discovered Falcor I had my sights set on Falcor and you know saved my pennies and uh, I said you know what I'm this is the gun I'm gonna get and now to come here and see where the gun was built and you know meet you know the whole team here uh, some of the people that have helped me along the way and to see the factory to see everything set up to meet all the employees I mean it's almost like surreal and also being in Montana which is very different from Jersey, real different from Jersey. To say the least. Yeah. Now, you, you kind of got off a conveyor belt. You got held up in Chicago last night. You got whisked in here to our media team. I think I think it goes without saying, you know, we've said this, uh, we've heard this this narrative before that uh, that we, uh, you know, we have a, a crack media crew, I like to think. So you got whisked off the conveyor belt and got to experience some of that. Uh, your, your head's got to be spinning. Uh, you know, and, and what you went through the last, what, hour or so or two hours here. Uh, you know, what do you, uh, you know, this is the Falcor life. And you've kind of, you've been to the shows with us, as I've said. You've become a friend, you know, and not just shooting the guns. You've got to spend some time with ownership with some of the folks. You know, you more than almost anybody we've had on yet, you know, where, what does Falcor represent for you? What does it mean? And, and what is it? about us that you think uh, draws folks in? You know, I think the first thing that people notice is the quality. The quality that goes into not only the design, but the build, the att 
attention to detail, the craftsmanship, uh, that all can't be ignored when you look at a product like what Falcor puts out. So, and then you go a couple of layers deeper and you get to the back end. You get to the team that's behind putting that rifle together. It's not like you're getting some cookie cutter piece of equipment or piece of gear or piece of kit. This is something that there's so many hands that touch it and it's literally a, a hand-built personal touch item that ends up in the end user's hands. And, you know, it's kind of a lost art. You know, there's a lot of things that are out there in, in this world that you don't have that attention paid to the detail. So it's kind of nice to see a quality product, a high-end product that has that attention to craftsmanship, detail, quality, and it's just backed by the integrity of all the people here and the mission of creating that kind of product. Yeah, innovation, well said, you know. Um, so, you know, you and I have been palling around the gun industry. We've, we've trained with a lot of the same people, and we'll get to some of that. Uh, we've been fortunate, blessed, really, to kind of, um, you know, walk in lockstep in some ways. You know, in many ways, I, I refer to you as kind of a guy who, who's, you know, followed some of the steps that I've taken to better myself and to get to get more involved with not just the instructors, but the corporate side, but everything. Um, getting into a little bit of your story, we, we don't, you know, go any miles deep here, but what brought you to the gun industry? I mean, what, what in general, you know, tell us a little bit about your company, how you got here, you know, give us kind of the, the, the rowboat story. So, you know, being in law enforcement for 13 years, of course, you're around firearms. Um, I had always been into shooting and firearms growing up as a child. My best friend's father had, uh, was an avid shooter. He got me more into shooting, um, started out doing some trap shooting, and uh, then I was always uh, into long-range rifle shooting uh, just because I, you know, I, I enjoyed the, the skill and the, the precision of it. And uh, becoming a police officer, you know, I kind of felt like that was going to be a good progression. Um, but ironically, uh, most police officers that I worked with were not gun guys. They did not want to go to the range. They didn't enjoy going to the range. They didn't, you know, have a bunch of guns and a bunch of rifles and want to go shoot on the weekends. There was only one or two guys out of a nearly 100-man department that were truly into it. So it was, um, that was a little odd. Uh, because my my thinking prior to getting into that was that I'd, I'd have a little bit more uh, of that in the space. But, uh, you know, it's all right. It didn't deter me. You know, I still enjoyed uh, weapons, and I still enjoyed going to the range and shooting. And to me, it was an element of the job. I had to be proficient with my, proficient with my firearm. God forbid I needed to use it on the job. I didn't want to, the day I needed to pull that weapon out to save my life or save someone else's life, that wasn't the day I want to say, oh, I wish I spent more time on the range. I wish I knew how to take better care of my gun. I wish it was cleaned, or, you know. So that is something that I felt was a big part of just being a police officer, making sure your weapon systems were correct and maintained and you knew how to use them well. And it also led me to uh, really appreciate a finely tuned weapon, a, a weapon that had some good design and uh, functionality to it. You know, the department I was at, we shot six. And uh, for our duty pistol, and I always enjoyed uh, the quality of the SIG firearm. So um, I, you know, became passionate, more and more passionate about guns than I even was. And then starting 221B Tactical, creating the Max Drive vest for police officers. Um, I just, it was just a, that progression into deeper into the firearms world as we started doing tactical gloves and things like mm -hmm. that. 
I had to be on the range shooting guns, using the gear that we were developing before I gave it to the final production, gave it that okay and put it out for people to use because I wasn't going to have a product go out to our customers that I personally did not use on the range and test. And how did I do that? Well, you know, you're out on the range, you're shooting guns, you're doing the stuff that you want to beat the product up and you know about that. You want to really, mm. you know, beat the heck out of it before you go to full production and that was part of my intro into getting deeper into the gun world and it just it progressed from there. Now, a lot of people, this is good to touch on with you and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it with other guests. A lot of people talk about, you know, um, <clears throat> working in law enforcement, uh, working in, you know, in a military capacity, maybe you're contracting, all these different factors. Um, you know, the, the transition, a lot of people think it's so easy. Um, you know, they leave the profession or they leave the, 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 and this is something we talk about all the time, they leave law enforcement or they leave military life and they say, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to get into the firearms game or I'm going to, you know, I tea and eat some stuff, you know, I, yeah. I know a thing or two, my opinion matters. Uh, and it does, uh, but talk about that transition and, you know, that'll stem a little bit into training, I'm sure, and, and training at a, at a high level. Uh, how was that transition? How did you go through it mentally? And what did you realize along the way? You know, the, one of the things I realized early on was my level of competency uh, in and around firearms was not nearly where it needed to be or where it should have been for my position being a police officer and then ultimately becoming a firearms instructor, I thought I had a pretty good level of competency with regard to firearms and, you know, knowing how to handle the weapon on the range and uh, everything in that domain. But I realized the first course I took outside of the police sector, uh, I realized very quickly uh, just how little knowledge I had. Now, I had you know, granted more knowledge than the average person and maybe a little bit more knowledge than the average police officer who's not into guns, not into shooting, doesn't spend the time on the range. But, you know, as you've trained with some of the top guys, the guys that I've trained with, you go to some of these courses and the level of knowledge that you're introduced to based on their experiences, you know, you know, they're, they got military experience, tier one experience, SWAT experience. And that just totally blew my mind that I was at that point you know, however many years, 10, 12, 13 years into law enforcement. And I felt like I was almost starting from square one with what I was learning and the knowledge that they were imparting on me. It really blew me away. And it made me realize, and this is something that you've said, you never stop learning. You never stop learning. There's always someone better, stronger, smarter. So I'm still learning now. I've been training with some, top, some of the top instructors in the industry now for the last two years, three years. And I'm still learning. I had a course this past weekend with uh, Dynamis Alliance, you know, Dom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I still learned. I learned things this weekend. It was a three-day course, and I still picked up a couple of things. And people have said, well, you've been to Dynamis courses and other courses multiple times. You're still learning? Absolutely. I'm still learning. Every day, every course, I'm still learning. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, mentally that transition's not easy. And, you know, you try to explain to, you know, folks sometimes – uh, the difference between, you know, um, being proactive about the training, you know, getting out there and being proactive. And it's it's not exactly easy. 
to humble yourself sometimes and get out there and, and, and get beat up a little. And I always like to say, get your face shoved in the mud a little bit and kind of figure it out. And, uh, you know, and, and you touched on another huge point. Uh, you know, we all, everybody follows on Instagram and social media and Facebook and all these different platforms. And everybody wants to be the next big thing. And you look at, you know, like I even tell Tony, I'm like, behind you, there's, there's, another, there's another real world tactical lurking out there. You yeah, know? And it's, yeah. it keeps you on your toes and you want to get better and you want to keep performing. There's always that next guy out there that, that's, you know, training somewhere or trying to step up and, and do cool things. And it innovates training and it, it's exciting. And you learn a lot by interacting with the instructors. And one of the things along the way that you and I had talked about through the years now is... Um, you know, uh, taking really the time to get out there and understand the Leo guy's needs, the mill guy's needs, the instructor's needs. And I like to think along the way, you know, I, I kind of went after, I know what my mission was. I, I wanted to train with these guys and understand them and understand their thought process, but along the way learn so much uh, after, you know, kind of realizing like you, I knew nothing. I didn't have the years of road work you had, but I got out of the academy. I thought I knew something and I realized I knew nothing. And then you go out there and you start training with these guys and moving and shooting and doing different things. And, and we've trained with a lot of the same people, whether it's Dom Rosso, um, uh, Tony, you know, some different guys out there that have huge breadths of knowledge and you can learn so much from them. I think, uh, it's invaluable when you take it into the boardroom. Absolutely. 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 You got to know you got to know what the end user's ultimate needs and concerns are. If you don't, you're just kind of flying bomb, you know, really blind and uh, ultimately you're not you're going to fail. Yeah. So, you know, and and that's kind of, you know, just to tell, you know, the listeners and, and everybody out there a little bit of our story. Uh, Suresh and I met maybe years ago probably going on now somewhere in that neighborhood yeah, shot yeah. show it's yep. you know uh you know we met in, in passing and you know he's telling me about gloves and something and there's all these going ons and you know we hadn't talked a little bit and kind of we all get busy and stuff going on and every now and then we'd have a conversation we'd have a conversation and uh, little by little we got closer and then through the years I, I followed his journey and I became a fan along the way you know I kind of was like look at this guy you know he's getting out there he's doing this he's doing that you know, uh, we've all de dealt with haters in the business and people who, you know, why is he doing that? Or who does he think he is? You know, and we talk about all the time, even on this podcast, he's not SWAT enough. He's not this enough. He's not that enough. He's not ninja enough. Uh, I asked the question of everybody on the show, you know, what do you say to the guys that say you're not SWAT enough? You're not ninja enough. You're not SEAL enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. Because that's all you ever deal with in this business, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I always realize the people, and you, you know, like you, I realize that people who are like that and are kind of living in that narrative, they have other things going on. They have other issues going on, and I never take any of that personal. I, you know, in fact, I, I often feel bad for some of those people. Mm. You know, I look at what I've accomplished, and um, and this is something we've talked about numerous times um, when we talk about the industry and different people. Um, you got to be. You got to be happy with who you are. You got to be content with who you are and what you've done and your accomplishments. And sometimes that is just never good enough for certain people. And sometimes it gets to the point where people feel like they always need to step up. You know, I did 13 years in a police car. Um, I was never SWAT. Um, I was never in the military. I wanted to join the Navy. 
I never uh, had the opportunity to, so I did 13 years of law enforcement. Um, and I don't have any regrets for any of those years because I learned a lot and it helped give me a lot of knowledge and experience. But yeah, there's gonna be people out there saying, oh, you did 13 years as a cop, but you were never SWAT. Well, then if I was a SWAT guy, they would be like, well, you were a SWAT guy in a small town. Okay, well, now you're a SWAT guy in a big city. Well, you're a big city SWAT guy, but you never went overseas and had trigger time you know, you know, in country. Okay, well, well, yeah, I did. Okay, well, you, maybe you were overseas and you had trigger time, but you weren't special forces. Okay, well, and then you're special forces. Well, you know, you weren't a special forces team leader. You, you weren't jumping out of C-130. It's like, where does it, like, where does it end? You know, so to me, when I hear those stories, and you know, we're laughing about that, we, you know, we joke about that. You know, I, I never even, I never look at that. I look at what did I do? What did I do as a person? What did I accomplish? And along the way, did I do the best that I could? Now, knowing my competency and what I'm going to, what I'm, my ultimate ambition is, I'm just going to go for it. And you know what? I'm going to learn from the people who've been there. I'm going to learn from the Doms. I'm going to learn from the Tonys. I'm going to learn from people that I meet, like Pincus. You know, these are guys Damn I'm going to I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn from and absorb because I I need that knowledge. I want that knowledge. I'm I'm craving it. And the only all you know, I say this with my business partner: all knowing is doing. All knowing is doing. To truly know something is to do it. And that's why I'm putting myself out there. So when people say, "What are you doing? Doing all these training courses?" What are you, you know, what are you trying to be? Who are you trying to, you know, what are you trying to prove? I'm not, I'm just trying to do these things so I could actually say I know how to do it. Mm. You know, I, I remember, you know, along the way and, you know, people, you know, I dealt with a lot of it. People said, he's trying to be an instructor. He's trying to be this. He's trying to be that. I said, you know, he's trying to be John, man. Yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I've still, you know, said to this day, you know, I, I love ripping weights i love eating food i'm still still at heart i'm a i'm a fat italian i enjoy that it's a you know just be you and yeah. i think that's that's really the big thing i think a lot of people struggle with their own identities out there and uh you know without getting too deep into the the uh high schoolishness of the the firearms industry you see a lot of that and i think you well said i mean it's just kind of go out and just be cool with being suresh just be cool with that's being it. being john and i think we see a lot of that out there in the gun industry, the projecting and, and, and people worrying about the, the concerns of what other people do. And at the end of the day, I try to explain to people this after, you know, you're, you're an, an owner of a company and I'm, you know, in ch charge of running a company now. And I, I, three years ago, people would have probably said, that's crazy, that'll never happen. And I, I, along the way, I've said the same thing. Hey, you know, um, you learn by doing, you learn by, by failing and you pick yourself up and you dust yourself off. And people have no idea the things people do behind the scenes. People think it's all based on social media. On social media, what you see is what you people want you to see. Right. They don't see what you're really doing behind the scenes. I mean, uh, I know you can attest to that. I know Sam can attest to that. When you peek behind the curtain of what's really going on, at the end of the day, we're all trying to forward this industry. And we're trying to bring more people into this industry. And we're trying to get folks to buy more gloves, to, to, to get more involved, to purchase more firearms. Taron Butler said it the best. He said, I'm just trying to put guns in people's hands, man. You know, I just trying to show them that, hey, it's, you know, it's not going to do a terrible thing if, if used properly and stored properly. And, you know, it can be a fun sport that folks can enjoy. 
And I think that's really where the business needs to go. And, and one of the things, you know, kind of stemming into a passion we both share, which is fitness and physical training. Uh, we've both trained with Branch. We've both trained with, with you know, IFBB pros, multiple MPC pros, and, and all different levels. Um, it, it's, it's hard work. You have to get out there. It's day in. It's day out. At the end of the day, when you when that, that guy, uh, uh, that Leo, decides to retire and potentially get into this industry, or that, that mill guy comes from overseas, which Sam can attest to, it, it all comes down to this is a business. This That's is a business. That's it. And you're instantly retired Yep. at that point. Yep. And I, I think that's a really tough, tough uh, 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 pill for us all to swallow on some level because, you know, we want to get out there and we want to train and we want to continue to get better, but it is a business. And you grow up fast when when there's money involved and, and you have fast. to, yeah, you grow yeah. up fast and your reputation's on the line and it's, it's time to, you know, be an adult and do some adulting. So, uh, you know, stemming into the training, we both uh, got, got the option to, to kind of hit the steel with, with some really uh, uh, great guys out there. Like I mentioned Branch Warren. I mentioned uh, Cody Montgomery, uh, who's been in here in, in his podcast and his story will be told a little bit. But we've been, we've been fortunate, you and I, to, um, to get out there and train with people in multiple SMEs in different subject categories. I mean, uh, uh, that's got to be wild for you. I don't, know, I don't know really your background in fitness. It's something we haven't delved deep into. And, and if that was appealing to you or you just did it to do it or, or, or what, you know, along the way. Um, you know, everyone gets into fitness for different reasons. Um, my background, I grew up. I was speaking to Haley about it a, a little bit. I grew up in a real small town in the middle of New Jersey, and um, I was the only brown kid in town. I was the only brown kid in school. I was I was it. That was it. It was like a you know it was a real small town. It was like about a mile square, and I always felt like I stuck out. And as I grew up, I felt like I was always in a position where I always had to be doing something to put myself above everyone else so I could prove myself. I was always trying to prove myself. And um, I went to college and I started noticing right away, and I was a, I was a little weakling, I was a twig. And um, I started noticing that the football players were walking around campus and they were some of these guys were like larger than life. And I would go to the gym and I would actually just go to the gym and there was almost like a uh, overwatch uh, elevated deck area where you could look down at the guys working out and I was always so like enthralled by what they were doing and you know how much weight they were moving and I never lifted a weight in my life and I said you know that's what I, I want to be I want to I want to start working on my fitness I want to get my body in a state of readiness that's where I want to be because I need to stand out above the rest and a lot of my friends they weren't in shape they were entering that freshman year of college, putting on that freshman 15, mm. and I said, I, that do, I, don't want, I don't want that, I don't want that to be me. So it was just one more way for me to stand out from the crowd, was to get my body in peak physical condition. Um, so it started in college, and then of course I became a cop, I, you, know, I, you know, and uh, many people know, I went to school for medicine, I graduated pre-med, I have my degrees in science, and, uh, and I ultimately uh, didn't go into medicine. I became a police officer. And immediately, immediately I noted the importance of being physically fit as a police officer. And what kind of blew my mind was the number of officers that were not physically fit. 
So this was something I mm. looked at as my life depended on it. So it just continued my journey into fitness now from a different sense of, you know, starting out to saying, you know, I want to get bigger and I want to look a certain way. Now I wanted the fitness because I wanted to be strong for, you know, unfortunately to give prisoners weights mm. to lift. And I knew that I had to be ready for that day where I got onto an encounter on the side of the road. And it happened a few years into my career, uh, rolling with someone on the side of the highway. And, you know, I said to myself, my level of fitness is what saved me. A couple of years later, I was in a car accident and it was a bad accident. The, car, the patrol car was totaled. And I remember the ER doctor saying that had I not been in the physical shape I, I was in, I would have been seriously injured. So there were so many different things along my life that led me to go deeper and deeper into the fitness world that it literally at one point saved my life. So um, it's just been a continued passion for me now. Scary that, uh, that you know, you, you said you have two extremes. You have the extreme of uh, the guys who aren't physically fit uh, in firearms, uh, uh, I mean, in, in law enforcement. <clears throat> and uh, then you have the guys like Ronnie Coleman going out and winning Olympias and stuff like that. So I, I feel like I've always looked at law enforcement as like two sides of the spectrum. You know, you have the guys who are really clanging the iron and, and making it happen. But it, it leads to a greater question, and, and it's been no mystery if you followed uh, – Falcor, you followed some of the things that I've done and even you've done over the years and just some of even the things Dom and Tony are doing. Uh, of course, Tony, but uh, is fitness good for the firearms industry? Is fitness, is that genre that's coming over? And, and I've said it, you know, I'll, I'll go out and say it. I've said it for a long time now. Um, just being overweight and doing mag dumps in the desert isn't going to cut it anymore. Uh, is it good for the business I think it's almost you could almost say it's critical um, you know there's a lot of people out there that you know like you said they want they're out there they're training they want to be operators of some kind people in the law enforcement domain but I tell people this all the time and a lot of people you know they're saying hey why are you doing all this training you know you're lifting you, you know all this stuff listen if you're gonna put a gun on your hip or you're gonna sling a rifle it's not just being able to shoot that and we talked about this weekend uh, in dynamis training you need because if any of your weapon systems fail you can't go to your pistol you can't go to your rifle what do you have you have your hands you have to fight someone and comp, you know you, you got to get to combatives and you got to use your hands and you may have to run after someone you may have to run them down then after you run them down for 40 50 100 yards now you're going to have to wrestle them and you got to wrestle, and I'm sure you know, mm. you wrestle someone for two minutes, sometimes it feels like 20 oh, until yeah. backup gets there and whatever. So, and I've, I've been in that position. So it is, it's almost critical, not only from the law enforcement end, but I even say it from the civilian end. I'm learning more and more of it now. If you have a family and you want to get, take them out and be somewhere and there's an incident and you now need to pick up someone in your family and run with them for, to safety, can you do it? And it's sad that there's so many people that I know personally that don't have the physical stamina or, or not in the physical shape to do that. And it's not about being a cop, being a ninja operator. It's just being a, a being a dad, being a husband, being a you know a family man to protect your family. Can you run a hundred yards flat out, carrying your wife, your girlfriend, your child over your shoulder? Can you do that? Can you get them to safety? 
you know, the incident that happened in Las Vegas. There are people running for their lives, and there are people winded after a few yards because they're just, you know, their heart rate's going. They're not, they're not, they're not ready for that. Right. And it might be, it, it may even be just as important, if not more important, for a civilian because what if you're in a gun-free zone what if, and you decide to obey every single law written on a chalkboard on the way into Starbucks, you know what I mean? And you don't have a firearm with you. Your physical strength may be the difference. It might be all you have. I mean, you hit it on the head. You know, I was talking in the car right here uh, from the airport. I had a airline mishap with uh, a certain major airline carrier. I don't want to put them out there uh and uh <laughs> everyone got, else does i got i got stuck in uh chicago because my flight got delayed and there was a, a whole nother debacle but i was stuck in chicago overnight so there i was in chicago the city with the strictest gun laws in the land and now i don't you know i don't have a firearm i don't have any weapons and now i'm going downtown chicago walking around and an officer's wife had sent me a message saying hey you know just be careful what have you uh there were 19 shootings last night mm. and i said to myself this is incredible i'm in a city with the strictest gun laws in the nation almost and there was 19 shootings and i'm walking around the city and the only thing i have to defend myself it, it really are my hands and my fitness that's mm. all i had and and you know um people don't realize this in this country and i explain this all, all, all the time uh, the, the, the Leos right now are kind of the redheaded stepchilds out there. And it's really tough if you put a uniform on, you're a target, period. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if, I don't, I, honestly, I don't care if you're a mall security guard. You're a target. Yeah. You know, uh, I always loved the line in Untouchables you carry a badge, you carry a gun. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very dangerous right now. It's it, in many ways. Uh, I don't know what the exact numbers are, Sam, if, if, if uh, how many cops are dying a day. I'm not uh, akin to those. I think, so. yeah. I, think, I think nine have died in the last 13 days. But it, it's yeah. up there. Yeah, I think It's up there. And, it, and, and this is the United States of America. It's scary. Mm -hmm. um, it's super scary out there. Uh, so, you know, we got a little bit of your story. We talked about the tie-in between you and I, we talked a little bit about the physical side and fitness and all these things. Um, why Falcor and, you know, kind of what makes us different? You know, what makes us one of those companies that you're willing to get on a plane and get out here and, and kind of uh, what brings it all home for you? You know, we're honored to have you. We're honored to have you as a part of the team. And, and why us, you know, uh, uh, on a personal note, like why'd you choose us? What makes Falcor special? You know, it's funny, a lot of my friends, guys I was on the job with and people that know me from the job and, you know, people who know me outside of the police world, they see Instagram and Facebook and, you know, they see the photos with the Falcor rifle and they see me in the Falcor shirt and they're like, you know, you know, what's the story? Are you sponsored by these? Are they like, they send you guns or they, what are they doing? And I said, no. No, none of that. No, I paid full price for my gun. No. Everyone starts as a customer. We're here to sell guns. Everyone starts as a customer. I said, I don't yeah, I said, I, I paid full price. I said, I've, you know, I know nothing for free. I paid for everything. I said, you know, um, it was the integrity. The integrity of when I met Jason and Melinda, I just knew. And, you know, and I don't need to tell you this. There's certain people you meet. Maybe it's the background I had as being an officer for so long. There's certain people that you meet that you immediately realize one thing. These are good people. Mm. And you can, it goes the other way, too. There's certain people you meet, and you immediately say to yourself, this is someone I need to steer clear of. 
but I immediately had that connection with Jason and Melinda. And I also, the second I touched the very first Falcor, it was getting like getting behind that car, that first car that you drive, and you, you put your hands on the steering wheel, and you almost need, don't even need to put it in drive. You just know with your, by gripping the steering wheel, this is the car, this is, you know, this is what I want to drive. You know, so I looked at the craftsmanship, I looked at the quality, but most importantly, I looked at the integrity behind the people who were behind the gun. So you look at the gun, but who's behind the gun? And I saw two people, and I saw a group of people that were on the Falcor team, and this is before your time even. Mm. And I said, this is a company that I want to support. And I did all that support, you know, buy, bought the rifle full price, did the photos, supporting the company on social media, going to police departments, talking about the rifles, the LE kit, talking to SWAT guys. And they were all, everyone said the same thing. You must work for this company. Or you <laughs> must, you must, they must be like paying you. And I'm like, no, I swear, guys. In fact, they're charging me. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said, no, I swear, this is just coming from my heart. And you know what? And this is something I tell a lot of people. It's almost more authentic in that domain like right like it's almost more authentic when you're supporting a brand you're supporting a company you're supporting a product and you're not sponsored by them they're not right. paying you and people it almost and you know what that's real especially for cops because cops are obviously a lot they're very big skeptics because of what we do every day people lie to us all all day long so when people see someone and they're like supporting something and they're not like on the take from that company or you know getting paid or whatever it's it's more real yeah and and we get we get you know it's no mystery here we get crushed with people we want to t and e your gun we want to evaluate your gun or your firearm we want to you know send me something or you know the craziest requests you know if i only had a petra i would do such a cool video for you guys you know we see that stuff all the time and and it's no mystery who we partner up with and who we work with on that level uh, we take very seriously, uh, whether it's uh, Ian Strimbeck out in out New Hampshire or Tony Sentmanat, Real World Tactical, yourself, guys, we kind of really like the vibe of what they're doing. We like to see what they do with it when they pay for it or when they're, you know, they take a look at the equipment and they give us a, an honest assessment. But I, I get a kick out of that sometimes on social media and, and my background in sponsorship and, and working with the shooters and the shooter and the athletes is, is goes way back. And I always say to guys, okay, we, we, we'd love your opinion, but we got some pretty good guys on the roster too that have paid their time. And, uh, and we do get their opinions every day. We do get their feedback. Not to mention in this building, we have Marine Corps snipers. We have former Marine Corps guys. We have you know, plenty of people, uh, deputized dudes. We have, we have a little of everything in, in this building. We have you know, females that can give us advice on, on what they think and how it, how it looks and feels. And that's important, too. Sure. Uh, getting a little bit of feedback from everybody. Uh, so, you know, it makes tremendous uh, inroads into the markets, especially the civilian market, if you become a customer first. Absolutely. And I always try to say, be a customer first. And going through the years of being in this business, everybody's always like, oh, you know, everybody sends you everything. Everybody sends you this. Everybody sends you that. I say, there was a lot of years I was buying stuff, you know, and trying it out. Are you crazy? Oh, yeah. It's like when you get a free – like we were, I was talking about this with Michael Hearn on the fitness side or, and Heath Evans. You know, people see you post a, an icon meal. Oh, he just gets it for free. 
do you know how long I was? I was lifting weights when I was 14 years old till I was 34 years old. And I, you know, and I was paying for every meal, every drop of protein, everything that went into my body. And it was, I, I've invested tenfold into the business. Now, yeah, of course you get to a point where you get to reap some of the rewards and, and a lot of it tends to be back pay, so to speak, for the time you put in, plug in the companies and, and we appreciate that. And that goes without saying. But for every one of those, there's two guys that you take a chance on because they talk you into it and you never hear from them again or you never see anything again. So I'm really, I mean, Sam will attest to this, I'm really tight-lipped about who we work with and, and who gets what. I mean, nine out of 10, it's no. Uh, and it, it just has to be that way. I, I think across the industry, it just has to be that way. And I know, Sam, you've been around with a few brands. I mean, it just has to be that way. Yeah, I think we've put together a really great team here so far. Yeah, yeah. we're keeping it tight. You mm -hmm. know, I think keeping it tight, you know, and I know you're starting to explore some of that with 221B. Uh, you know, who do you align yourself with? As you grow as a company, you kind of, okay, we're at a point where we have to bring a couple bodies in. Yeah, sure. And you start exploring that, and it gets scary quick. Yeah, you know, we always, you know, we did a lot of teenies in the beginning when we were growing, especially with the Max Drive Vest and, you know, uh, the body armor ventilation product. And then we got into the glove world and, you know, designed a glove that really didn't exist in the police space. And we got into the glove market. And, you know, we got a lot of people who said, hey, listen, send me this. I want to T&E it. I'm going to give you my honest, you know. Here's the thing, and I learned this a long time ago. People value anything based on what they pay for it. So if I'm going to send something to someone for $100, but they've paid $0 for it, we sent it to them for free, their automatic assessment of that product is $0. And how many people we sent expensive gear to, and we didn't charge them because they sold us on the story, and they got that gear, and they never even touched it. It probably stayed in the bottom of their locker. And guess what? That didn't hurt them because they weren't out any money. They were fine. They, you know, they got something free from a company. They said they were going to do a video. They were going to try it. They didn't do anything with it, but it was no big deal to them because they weren't out any money. So then we, I said, that's it. I put my foot down. I said, listen, oh, from yeah. now on, anything we send out, people are paying full price. If for any reason they're not happy with it or they want to return it after the T&E, we'll refund them their money. But they're paying for it because they got to ultimately have a skin in the game. It's like with anything in life. If you don't have a skin in the game, you're not going to value it, you're not going to be present, and you're not going to truly be 100% diving into this product and diving into this this experience. So if you don't have a skin in the game, you're out. Oh, you, you have to. Got it. You know, I just watched uh, Kenny from X-Bands come on, you know, uh, and I bought my, my first set of, of, of bands, you know. I mean, it just kind of was like, you know, and I like we talk about it, I think it was – two years into us knowing each other, I, I finally, you know, I think you, you felt like you were insulted that I hadn't even asked you for anything. I was like, I'm not, I don't ask for anything, you know? Uh, and, and amongst friends, unless there's a quid pro quo, I, I'm just kind of not that way. I, I wouldn't be that way unless it was quid pro quo. So I, I happened, you gave me the underwear, and I have to say, the 221B tactical underwear, everybody, is tremendously comforting. Haley, earmuffs. So I, I can attest that they are coming out with a women's line. We have the women's line. The, we have the women's line launched in the brief, but a lot of the women, especially in the law enforcement world, asked us to do a kind of like boy short. So we're doing a boy short version of the ladies. So Haley J. Photo should get on top of that. The, the 221B Tactical 
women's line. But talk to me about that. You know, we talked about fitness. We, we're talking a little bit about your brand. Um, tell me about some of the some of the things that you're going to be uh, launching. You're coming out with. You know, as we stem into that, because I, I love where the brand's gone. I'll be honest. You know, the first six months we knew each other, I hadn't paid much attention to it. I was like, I don't know. He's got some plate carriers. He's got some gloves over there. I don't know what's happening. But now uh, I'm, I'm paying attention. You know, I got to handle some of the things. You, you know, we've looked at. Uh, tell us about the line. Tell us about the company, and and then I want to get into kind of where you see the the industry going as a whole, as you see it, and and all that. So you know, obviously our flagship product is the Max Drive Vest Body Armor Ventilation. It's worn uh, beneath body armor for police officers who wear concealed body armor or external plate carriers. So you know, we have uh, that uh, as our flagship product. We got nearly 150,000 officers and operators worldwide military units in other countries, you know, all around the world. Uh, of course, we have people in our Air Force and Navy and Marines using our product as well. So, you know, ventilation, wearing body armor, that's a, it's a critical thing. So we're always developing more in that space. Anyone who's ever worn body armor knows how uncomfortable, how miserable it is, the heat rash, the itchiness, just the all around discomfort. So uh, that's our, always our, and we're always innovating. I'm behind all the innovation on that end because I actually lived it for 13 years but then you know we're expanding into the glove world we launched the extremity glove which is the hands-free tactical light built into the glove that was a huge hit for a lot of people who were kind of operators in the sense that they they knew the value of not holding a flashlight in their hand and having it attached to the glove and then we started with the line of cut resistant needle resistant gloves of course heroin is such a big thing right now in so many parts of the country and around the world so our needle resistant hero gloves have been a superstar seller for us so that's been something we've always wanted to focus on is the safety and the comfort because you know we don't want to be this company where we're having a whole lot of gear going out to market that's kind of something that someone might want to think about but it's not really relevant it's not super important so now our innovation has gone into the apparel world where we have the silver elite line, the boxer briefs, the base layer shirts, the uh, you know, men's and women's underwear, that, the socks, that's all silver infused. So it's antibacterial, anti-odor, anti-itch. Soldiers in the field could wear it for days on end and they don't have to worry about any kind of rash or infection or anything like that. So that is the progression we're going to. We don't want to create stuff that already exists. We're all about inventing and innovating new offers that don't exist to help take care of people. Amen. Yeah. And we got a great uh, collaboration right now with uh, Tony. Yep. We're doing a plate carrier for Tony. And I uh, got a little secret project that I'm it's doing. G14 for classified. Classified. <laughs> and we got uh, a secret project for Mike Cunahan at, oh, yeah. no, at No Donuts here. No Donuts. I got a secret project for him. And we got a big project going on for NYPD right now that uh, Mike has been part of. So um, we got a couple of things in the lab, in the test lab. And we're excited about it for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen some of the stuff. And you got to see some of the stuff we're going to be coming out with. Uh, you got to handle the standard today. Uh, as, as many know, the standard, we, we can't keep it on the shelf. We've been, knock on wood, we've been blessed. It's, it's flying off the shelves. And uh, you got to look at the new Blitz 2.0 and Rush 2.0, which the Blitz 2.0 and Rush 2.0 uh, is on the website or going on the website. or it, it's, it, It'll it, be up soon. It's, it'll be up soon. So coming soon. Coming soon. Uh, I'm going to be posting a photo of it today if Haley J Photo can, can expedite me a photo. She can get going. Um, she's coming to us live. Live. From the couch. <laughs> so supervising. 
So what do you think? I mean, you've seen, you know, you're starting to see some of the things. I know you saw some top yeah. secret stuff laying on the floors did, and, yeah. you know, kind of walking by. Oh, what's that? Yeah. You know, uh, what, what do you think? Step in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. You know, not only is it a step in the right direction, it's, you know, it's almost a necessary step that these days you need to take if you're going to stay relevant in this space. If you're not innovating, if you're not creating new offers of help, that are gonna take care of people's concerns, you're going backwards. And to me, innovation is the, the, the cornerstone of 221B Tactical. Like our, our, our sample room where we're, we're kind of coming out with mm. the new prototypes and the new gear that I oversee, um, that's the best room in the company because that's where you know the offers that are gonna take care of people are. I always tell people, I said the design room where the new prototypes are being made and our customer service room where the people who call in or they email in, they need help. Those are the two most important rooms in the entire company. And those are the rooms that are gonna help us grow. The innovation room and the customer service taking care of the customer rooms, that's it. Those two divisions at 221B Tactical, nothing's more important. So to walk around here and see the innovation and how, how forward thinking you guys are, to me, like I feel like I'm home. Like you harped on, you harped on customer service when you were talking to our team, and, and one of the things we do when we have a guest in is is we give them five or ten minutes to kind of address a, you know, our team and tell a little bit of a story, and that was some of, of what uh, uh, Suresh was doing when he was walking walking around here, spending some time, and, and you're getting a little close up of the rifle now uh, in his hands. This is the new Blitz and Rush 2.0. Uh, I like to do things, you know, customer service is always a work in progress at every company, but one of the things I wanted to do when I got here was do things that make sense. And I wanted to make, do, make changes to the rifles based on being on the ranges. Uh, you know, uh, look, I'm no ninja, but I've been on a range for 12 hours. Yeah. I've had equipment on me for 12 hours. People like to call it kit. Kit was a car I saw in Night Rider. <laughs> I, I, don't call, I don't call it kit. Uh, but I just say you got gear on. And I had gear on for 12 hours with a rifle hanging, slung, and, you know, I, I've been there 20, 30, 40 times. Yeah. I'd be under 100, but it's barely. Yeah. So I've been there where it's, where it's been hot, it's been sticky, you have all that stuff on. And it, it made a lot of sense to me to just start doing things that were simple. Yeah. And I think some of these steps you're going to see in these rifles coming out, and some of the ones that are already out. And we're going to be, I mean, Sam, it's safe to say we're going to be rolling almost one out a month. Up until the end of the up year. Up until the end of the year. And I think what you you're going to hear that from me. Yeah. I think what you're going to start to see on www.falcor.com, shameless plug, you're going to, you're going to start to see some things that make sense. And that's what we want to be doing here. Uh, you know, you look at some of the, the things other companies are doing and other brands. And uh, I think this is just a huge step in the right direction. And, uh, the, the standard was a huge step in that direction, and, and the market responded with tremendous response. So You're sold out, right? Sold out. Sold out. Sold out, and we're sold out on the standard at, at an MSRP of fifteen ninety nine, and we're spinning up, what, Sam, another 400 of them or Something so like as that. fast There's, as we yeah. can, and we're taking orders now. Right outside the window here, uh, the direction that Stress is looking right now, is our production floor. And... A lot of those machines right now are taken up with uh, doing receivers and various other parts that we need for that rifle specifically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. we're we're running full tilt right now. Yeah, so it was, it was super, it, it was super important to me when I got here to start doing that and uh, some of the 
the different things and skews that were left behind, I felt just weren't, you know, in, in that vein. So I'm excited about it. Uh, tremendously honored to have you here. And I mean that because I, I consider you a friend. I know you do a lot of things on your own dime. For, so for those of you out there, he got flown in for free to say something nice. You know, he's, <laughs> you know, he's hot off the canaries. No, <laughs> I, I, you, know, it, it, he, you know, they gave him four guns to say that. Uh, you know, in this business, there, there are guys that constantly go around with the tin cup, and then there are guys who just say, I want to come out. I want to see my friend, and I want to spend some time, and I want to, you know, uh, see the warehouse. Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I came out here, and, uh, you know, that's 100% true. I mean, I have, you know, I've, I've never gotten a free rifle from Falcor Defense. I've paid full price. Um, that's I, not entirely true now. What's that? I, I haven't gotten anything yet. 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 Yeah. Yet. That might change. We are going to change that. Well, you always say support those that support you. And right. Yeah. Suresh has supported us but a lot, to, so we're going to support him. To, yeah. date, to date, as of this moment, I have yet to receive anything free from Falcor. Yeah, we're not completely heartless here. Yeah, but, uh, I know you didn't that, even get a t-shirt or something? Can we get him a t-shirt before we get out of here? We'll get him a t-shirt. Can, can a brother get a t-shirt? Yeah, can I? <laughs> um, but you know what? It's great. It's great to actually come out here and see the team and... You know, yeah, I flew out here on my own dime. I wasn't flown out here, and I'm flying out to Montana in the middle of nowhere. And I said, you know, this is something I want to do. And even some people in my world, in my circle, were like, why are you flying out there? I said, you know what, I want to see what it's all about. I want to meet the guys that helped me along the way. I want to meet the guys who have been supporting me that I've been supporting. I want to see their home headquarters. I love when people visit headquarters in New York City for 221B Tactical. So I said, you know what? This is what I wanted to do. I mean, it was great. It was an honor. I had Pincus stop by 221B Tactical in New York City, and it was an honor to have him there, and it was an honor to show him around. So I wanted to come here. Rob's and, got a lot of that in him. Yeah, you know? he's a good man. I mean, you he's know, Rob, uh, Rob, you know, I mean, Rob for me is is, is a super sweet guy. I think yeah. he I think he does he does do a lot of that. And I think, you know, for you, the sky's the limit. I mean, I, I, I'm honored having you as a friend. Love having you here. You're a guest anytime. You're welcome anytime. And, uh, you know, before we close out and, and kind of wrap, uh, I always like to ask, what's your favorite gun here? What's my favorite gun? What's your favorite firearm that we make or are making? What are you most excited about? And, uh, you know, kind of close with a few shameless plugs and tell us where we can find you. Um, I got to say, my, my current favorite gun is the Petra without a doubt, is my absolute favorite rifle that's produced by Falcor. Um, although, um, I gotta tell you, I look at the standard and I'm saying it's such a beautiful baseline rifle. Everything you need, nothing you don't. I mean, to me, it's it, it was a brilliant, brilliant offer for the marketplace and I, I really I just I love it I love it I mean it's just I mean I had the chance to you know try it uh, on the range and it was we'll just get a couple close-ups of it yeah and it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful gun at a to me a, a killer price point and I you know to me I like a value I'm not gonna lie and, and, and I've like been I'll make a critical statement of it you know and and everybody you know rifle companies to me at that price point all you might do is drop a trigger in it. That's about all you do. And an optic. Well, of course, an optic, yeah, an unless optic you want to shoot straight irons. But you <laughs> know, it. we're not that rugged. That's, that's it. <laughs> no, know, we were so. able to put <laughs> we were able to put the the Griffin armament sights on there, and there's a couple 
upgraded features, uh, the Ballistic Vantage 416R stainless uh, BA Hansen profile barrel, mid-link gas on that. It's a real soft shooter. Uh, actually, Haley was out on the range with us the other day shooting it uh, for the first time, and we had a really, really great time with it. It's nice Haley's and soft. Four foot ten. Yeah. Yeah, so. there you go. So. You know, Haley J Photo. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's it, we wanted to do things, as I said before, that made sense. Yeah. So with definitely, all, definitely yeah, made sense. Definitely of course. Sense. And, and like I said, the only criticism, if you were to have one, if you're a buyer out there and you're – you know, everybody uses the term buy once, cry once. Everybody uses the term of, of uh, uh, they could go and get a $500 MMP sporter out there and then drop 500 or 600 bucks into it. We wanted to make something that you bought off the shelf. And if you had to make it happen, you may drop a different trigger in it. You may put an aim point on it. I mean, you know, you can easily blow the gun up into whatever expense point you want to because I know all the mall ninjas out there will be like oh i have to have you know a hyper fire xyz guysley on there you don't have to have that but those are changes you can make but we wanted to be at that price point giving you the mm -hmm. bones of everything you needed yeah. and um i think we accomplished that i think the, the everything's there and and you know it's a step in the right direction as i said before and the pistol you know the blitz and the rush will be another another yeah, step the rush the right is going to be a phenomenal it's going to be awesome debut that's going to yeah. be in there that I was mean, the uh, that was the, the 300 blackout yeah so you know, those are 2.0s, and, and we, I felt we made the changes that needed to be made, and we didn't have to go through a whole, you know, different type thing. And, and we're going, uh, we're taking huge steps to go to uh, to go to black guns, and that's the way we want to go. I mean, we don't want to do uh, candy corn, unicorn, ninja colored guns anymore. We want to do stuff that is functional, that makes sense, and that takes us in that direction. Uh, You'll still see some cool custom stuff from us. It's just not our, it's not the direction we're going in terms of the whole outlook of what yeah, you know, our production guns are, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, I mean, we're still going to do in pockets. I, I think it's important to have a gray in there ha and have a couple other colors, but I think, you know, those are some of the things. So you've said everything. You've touched on it all. And you're going to see the same thing from 221B Tactical. You know, obviously you can find everything that we offer at 221BTactical.com and uh, Facebook, Instagram at 221B Tactical. Um, you're going to see some stuff coming out for police and military that <laughs> – doesn't exist right now currently in the market mm. and that's what we're looking to do we're looking to do what you guys are doing we're gonna you know really be blowing people away and people are gonna see the stuff that we have coming out in 2019 2020 and they're gonna say I never even saw that before I didn't even think of that and that's that's what we want to do that's what we want to bring because our mission is to get cops and soldiers home safe to their families Amen. no matter what it takes and that is the ultimate mission yeah, I, and again, you know, I think I think you're doing things that make sense. I think that's that's huge. And with us, as time goes on, like we mentioned, Sam, we're going to see, you know, uh, something about every month, and then maybe in 2019, you may see us resurrect a certain project. Something you that people may. have been asking for a lot. You may, and there's reasons behind that, and we're going to uncover those reasons. We're going to explore those reasons, but uh, you may see us resurrect something. So you can find Suresh at 221B Tactical on all the different forums. He also, uh, you have your own page, too, if people want to follow you on a personal journey. Yeah. Uh, what's, it, what's the app? It's uh, at Suresh.MadHaven. Yep. Um, and I, I'm starting to put a little bit more of my training world on there. A lot of people are interested in the training I'm doing, you know, the, you know training with Dynamis and Dom and Dylan and the crew and training with uh, Tony. Got a, two training courses coming up with Tony, Real World Tactical, one in August. He has an LE course 
uh, beginning of August, three-day course, and then going back there in September, he's doing a course with uh, two from uh, Ronin Tactics down in Florida again, so I'll be there. So I wanna give people a little outlook into that world, so that's why I'm doing some more on the personal space. A little behind the curtain of 221B. Yeah, yeah. A little behind the curtain. Yeah. Better late than never, the one and only Jason Sanju and Melinda Sanju stopping in to say hi. As we wrap up, I do want to take a minute to thank them. I want to thank uh, everyone in here, Haley, Jay Photo, and Sam Cummins and D Mitchell. So I appreciate everyone's time. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe Falcor Defense on YouTube. Tap that little bell and get notifications. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Falcor Defense. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, uh, Falcor Defense. And uh, please like, subscribe, follow, and uh, go ahead, leave some comments under the YouTube. Pay attention. And the podcast will be launching. Derek, when are we launching this on iTunes? When, how close are we? What are we talking here? Early August. So early August will be rolling out all the episodes on iTunes. And uh, I thank Suresh. I thank 221B Tactical. I appreciate his time. And for everyone on the floor and for everybody in the building, uh, thank you awesome. for coming in. Awesome. And thank I you appreciate, appreciate, I appreciate it, you coming down. And uh, that's a wrap. We're going to roll out. Did I miss anything? Sam? Dude, you got it. Got it all? Thank you, guys. All right. <laughs> Thank you.